0: Doon, doon, It's the Dune podcast with just a dry man. He's killing all the gods and he's saying it's a doon, 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 doom Hey, what's that hill of sand? It's a worm. Come bite off your hand. Up here in Arrakis, maybe a girl will give me a kiss this fall apart. Guys, it's the Kill Your Gods podcast. Just a very brief intro on this one. Uh, you can see me this Friday, September 24th at the Flying Fish Brewery in Somerdale, New Jersey. If you are in Philadelphia on the 22nd this Wednesday, I will be at Monster Vegan at uh, in Center City. That'll be at, uh, I think that's a 7 o'clock start time. Guys, this is a very tough time for me and I feel the podcast is probably suffering a little bit a little bit I I stand by every episode I've ever done especially this one with the hilarious Sam Paget. I keep trying to call her Sam Paget, but I, I fuck up I always want to put an R in there <laughs> but uh yeah I'm not doing as many songs I'm not promoting the way I would like guys it's it's really hard being out of work right now. I am out of work. I am not eligible for unemployment. I fucking I had such a bizarre moment the other day where on Saturday night I was so desperate for money, I, I was a caterer at a wedding, and then less than 24 hours later I was interviewing for a job where they were actively talking about artificial intelligence passing the Turing test and how they want to make sure that the applicant for this position is prepared For that moment of artificial intelligence taking over translation duties. And, God, I am so ashamed of my white trash roots that I fucking hated that I had to put on a suit and serve cocktail wieners. And then here I am talking fucking quantum mechanics the next day in a job interview that I might get. These are weird times, but uh, as you know, these last few months, or you might not know if you're a new listener. Hi, this is the Kill Your Gods podcast. Previously, I hate Infinite Jest. I knew we were going to hit a little bit of a snag during the move, because a move is big. And then we moved, and then I got covered head-to-toe in Poison Oak for a few weeks, which was painful. Look up my personal Instagram, at Dram at all the things. And then, uh, I lost my job, and it sucks. So, unfortunately, things are going to be wonky until they level out. But, hey, the episodes are still great. Keep checking out all the things. If, if you want to make a monetary donation the, at Jesse Dram on all the things, Venmo being one of them, I don't know. I'd appreciate it. I'm just trying to fucking get through. But in the meantime, we got bigger fish to fry, and we have bigger worms to sand. We are on the planet Arrakis, and we're back today with Pages... 186 to 253. This will be wrapping up the final... This is in the latest pressing to the Ace Books pressing. Wrapping up part three of book one. Check it out, and check out Sam Padgett. Doom, 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 doon, 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 do, do, do. Watch out for run around worms. They'll eat your butthole and your wife, too. Da, 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 da. da, 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 da. Keep away from run around, run around, duke, a treaty, hey. Oh, a duke, a little duke, duke. Duke, a duke, a little duke, duke. Bite down on the tooth. Wow. And we are back. On the Kill your Gods podcast and we are talking dune finishing out book one today starting with page one something I don't know look at the last episode it'll be in the description. I just don't have the time right now and uh wrapping up book one my guest this week she is a very funny comedian and uh I'm trying to remember you're a previous fan of dune or was this your first time reading it? I don't even remember.
1: So, I tried to read Dune when I was going on, like, a high, like backpacking trip, but the book, like, I have this copy, it's, like, a really fucking thick one with the appendix and shit in the back, hmm. so I let my friend borrow it because I didn't want to carry it, and then it took me years to get my copy back, so...
0: All right, we need to have a whole discussion just on that. But uh, Samantha Paget, everybody.
1: Paget, Woo! there's no R. Why the fuck do
0: I always say your name that way?
1: You add the R in there, the hard R, and I don't like it.
0: It's, it. You know what it is? Just that name, Paget. It, it already sounds a certain way, but I think Paget gives it like a Dickensian.
1: Yeah, thing. Oh, it really sounds like I'm gonna like be very anal about how many. Moments, my workers been by the fire. <laughs>
0: exactly. You're either going to be a terrible boss, or you're going to die of dysentery in somebody else's like in, in somebody else's moral uh, moral journey. It feels like. No,
1: it's true. It sounds like I have like I I'm on a first name basis with the debtors' prison guards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, and I know I've done this so many times with you. I just cannot remember. There's an R in there. It feels like. But anyway, got. I want to have just an entire discussion on just like folly being to he or who like loans a book out because I don't think I loaned George Carlin's autobiography out to a friend of mine like 10 years ago. I still see this friend all the time. I see it on the shelf, my book that I loaned to him. He has not read page one, but he will not give it back because I'm going to get around to it.
1: See, that's what you got to do. You have to leave threatening marginalia in all your books. Like, even if you don't think you're going to borrow it out, just say, like, hey, fucker, I know what you're doing, and just have that on page, like, 70. Like, this book is filled with threats of mine. Like,
0: (laughs) that'd be great. Just, like, page 88. Like, if you have not reached this page by April 27th, 2023, you are a piece of shit or illiterate or an illiterate piece of shit.
1: My favorite type. I don't like shit that can read.
0: That's true. Nah, shit. <laughs> shit needs to be kept simple. Can't know what's happening out there beyond its realms.
1: I, I'm also going to add about, dude, I did read the last, like, 20 pages. I think, like, just now. Yeah. It's probably the most intense part. I love it. Paul's autism kicks in full force. <laughs> Ooh, you know
0: what? I haven't heard him described as autistic, but I guess... Uh...
1: Literally, the whole time, he's just like, all I could do is take in data, and I'm not sad that my dad died. It's like, oh my god, all I can do is think about how things are playing out in the future. (laughs) Like
0: my dad has died. I I should be sad, but I'm not. Too many things to think about.
1: (laughs) Oh shit. So I just gotta play chess in my head real fast.
0: Yeah. So but all right, so what is your actually real quick uh, anecdote? I just said all that about terrible people borrowing books. I might be the worst though, because I once borrowed a couple books from my cousin and when I returned them, he called me complaining that there was a blood stain on one of the pages. And I don't know how the hell that happened. That's uh
1: I Actually, know. I have done a similar thing because a lot of times I'm reading, like I have absentmindedly pick at my face and I start bleeding. And then like certain type of books, especially like thick, like, you know, softback books are like really easy just to like soft liquids into.
0: Oh yeah, no, if you ever need to clean up a crime scene, grab like an old fucking like Vonnegut off the shelf. And it will <laughs> just absor- go go grab that copy of Mice and Men that your your dad bought to not look like the fucking piece of trash he is. And that'll like get it right up. I, I, I'm a bit of a picker too. You remember I just got over that poison ivy, but I still have like cuts on my legs because I just can't stop scratching.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a big picker. No. I watched some American Pickers, and it was a lot less focused on skin. <laughs> and...
0: <laughs> yeah. Amer- it, we are in a weird time of, like, uh, strange body fascination, because you do know, like, Dr. Pimple Popper is a show, I believe.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of opinions on that, but that's really not the time or the place. I really think it is about, like, it's the same thing as those oddly satisfying things, watching, like, mm. oh, here's a mess. Watch someone clean it up, like... I like the videos, not for the pimples, but for like the it's like the relief, I guess.
0: We are we are getting down to like the nitty gritty of human subconscious, where it's like before we used to get these itches scratched like uh, through like stories and art, and now it's just like, oh no, you could like if you hear somebody talk like this, it's actually that's that's all you need this entire time. Little <laughs> ASMR.
1: Watch out! I'm bumping up, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what is your uh, literary background? Are you big into sci-fi in general?
1: Uh, Yeah, I really do like sci-fi. I basically, I spent a lot of time at the beach growing up, and there was a little bookshop, like, within walking distance of where we usually stayed. And they always had, like, it was a certain issue of Philip K. Dick books so like, a very simple cover. It was, like, mostly white, different color for the text. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of Dick, a lot of Vonnegut, and stuff like that. I I, I read some trash sci-fi, too. Like, I actually have a... um, Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I have a few L. Ron Hubbard novels that I, I've read. I don't remember them because they're just like, the title kind of like trashy sci-fi. I, I but... keep
0: meaning to go back and read him. For those unaware, that's the founder of Scientology. But he also, like his entire writing career, he was just straight up on like, Benzedrin and uppers, enough that like he had the slogan first draft, last draft, get it out the door.
1: Yeah. He also read a lot of like Western novels too for a bit. He was trying some some cowboy tales, which <laughs> I, I like to think of the alternate universe where Scientology is just kind of like a bunch of cowboys.
0: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> and then space techs came down and he chased them varmints into the volcano. Yeah got it's funny you mentioned that i i maintain that the best bookstores i have ever been to have all been adjacent to a beach Well, that
1: that's a great place for bookstores honestly Mm -hmm. like either the beach or the mountains anywhere anyone like gets a cabin i think where there's a lot of people who like i'm just gonna pick up a book Mm -hmm. like i mean bookstores are good everywhere but those are the ones that like really smell weird this this aforementioned bookstore had an aquarium too and there were like books above the aquarium so i just always thought about like teach these fish to read
0: they, they always reek of their surroundings almost like like the book itself was birthed from the sea and like yeah. dragged through a, a tortoise nest before it found its way onto the shelf
1: i, I remember the the beach bookstores too especially because this is in the outer banks there was like no lack of clive cussler novels and I, <laughs> I i think clive cussler novels are hilarious because like i don't think i've ever seen one of them where in it wasn't like left in a beach house and like in a position where it was in front of the sun and everything was like horribly faded on the side. Like God. they are forgotten books. Like any fucking abandoned beach house is gonna have like the Clive Cussler anthology.
0: See th- this is why one of the many reasons to be against Kindle and ebooks is there is nothing matching that like we were talking ASMR and Dr. Pimple Popper, there is nothing as satisfying as like a sun-bleached book cover.
1: Yeah. Honestly, the, the only thing I like Kindle is mostly because, like, I, I even hate to say this. Like, of all of the media that I pirate, I think I feel the most guilty about books. <laughs> but I, I pirated a ton of books. Like, I read pretty much every, I think it was uh, up to, like, the fourth book in the Hitchhiker series I read on a Kindle. Um, mm. And sort of getting fucked up, too, because they were, like back alley uh epub format files and then at a certain point my kindle started like skipping two pages and it would skip back three so it became this like logic puzzle to read correctly
0: Uh, that always is uh, the fun part of piracy is when it becomes so complicated that it really would have been worth more your time to just buy it
1: yeah well and that point too that's when i'm like okay like i could pirate this and struggle or i could spend the money on it and understand that like I don't know. The problem is, like, I had, like, the, again, my copy of Dune, if it will let see, is, like, really fucking fat. So, like, it was really hard to read all the left side pages, because I would have to, like, rip it open. Like, it was, mm. I had to, like, sit. I couldn't read this in bed.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that is a big thing people tend, a big mistake people tend to make with uh, paperbacks if they make them, like, too small or put the print too far back. Anyway, so, are you ready to get into it this week, Sammy? Let's dear? do it. Let's do it. All right. So on the last episode, we just had an awesome tense dinner party where yeah. uh Paul was just kind of like dunking on people the way, you know, shitty 15 year olds do. He doesn't come across too uh Okay, maybe he's comes a little autistic there in that he's not really aware of like the social dynamic or being a little too forceful. I don't know.
1: Well, oh, I, I like that too though, because that whole dinner party seems like the type of conversations I have with myself in the shower versus police officers. Like, what if someone came up to me, it was obviously wrong and I got just to tee off on them, <laughs> like
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> well guess what? You're just a C student with a badge and now I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna leave because you're gonna be too busy pulling your jaw off the floor to give me a ticket. <laughs> Have you ever actually tried to live one of those moments out in real life? It does not go well.
1: I, uh, I got arrested once for possession of marijuana, and I did say, Am I being detained? And they said no. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cop car was like, pulled me into this cul-de-sac, and I could not get out of the cul-de-sac. So I, I effectively was. Uh, I, I watched like one sovereign citizen video before I knew what those were, and I was okay. also high. <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, my windshield was not broken.
0: God. <laughs> okay. I know my rights. I am a... <laughs> I, oh, what is it? I am a, I am a free... I, free I am, citizen.
1: I'm a free traveler. I'm exercising my right to travel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do not recognize your laws, sir. Okay, so... Uh, a drunken Duncan Idaho, the swordsmaster, stumbles into the Atreides castle. Jessica tries to sober him up by slapping him and then giving him coffee. Jessica chastises Duncan, who in his drunken... Spice sta- coffee. Spice, spice coffee. coffee. Yeah. This shit goes in... Everything
1: that was this is like I know they mentioned it at the dinner party in the previous scene, but I was thinking, like, they talk a lot about this drug like being very addictive, and they mentioned that at the end. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just like, do they just like put it in shape? They say it tastes like cinnamon, like, does cinnamon not exist in this world? <laughs> like, I don't know,
0: not to mention, like, maybe cinnamon has gotten worse, and that's what's happened. Cinnamon <laughs> has just lost its essence. Uh, the people I had on last week informed me that it's not just like a food additive and a drug, but it's also like fuel I, I think in some regards it really is like a catch-all everything like it's oil and high fructose corn syrup and weed you know all of
1: yeah I, I reckon it's like very useful because if it was just like a fucking like truth drug or whatever or like a fucking nootropic for the mintas or whatever. I would assume it wouldn't be as valuable as it is, but... Mm-hmm.
0: I, it, you kind of wish, like, oh, if only there was a real-world thing like that, that was also, like, a fuel and also a drug. But then again, like, you but know... But there is. is—it's a combination
1: yeah. of several drugs, though. It's LSD and modafinil, baby. That's how yeah. you see into the future.
0: Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to go that high-grade. I mean, gasoline can be a drug. You just gotta get a little inventive, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Hmm.
0: Uh, Jessica chastises Duncan who in his drunken state reveals that he suspects that Jessica is a spy for the Harkinans. Uh, Need to say, drunken sci-fi is a topic that needs to be explored a little bit deeper. You don't see it often enough. I'm just trying to think of all the other great moments that would be better by, you know, just, just a little bit of booze, like Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker. Like, I'm, I'm your father, you little shit. You think you can take your old man?
1: The, the first thing that made me think of it, and this is this is fantasy, but in the disc world, they talk a lot about like the reverse wine after a chrono wine or whatever it is. It's like, uh, you basically like, you will be hung over randomly and then you'll start getting drunk. And then you're like, oh shit, I drank reverse wine. And then at some point you'll drink the reverse wine and then you'll be sober.
0: <laughs> wow. That,
1: that almost seems like that should be a sci-fi thing. One of my favorite alcohol concepts in fiction.
0: Because sometimes it, it happens
1: it. to me. I'm just, like, sitting around. I'm like, I'm hungover, but I've done nothing.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Jessica, shocked, calls Hawat to meet with Duncan. She confronts him with his suspicions and tries to...
1: Also, oh, just we- another thing. Yue, Dr. Yue is there in the scene. He's That's- there also trying to sober up Duncan, and he is. That's
0: so, right. Yeah. He is. The- okay. By the way, yeah, just interrupt me whenever you have something to say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I keep forgetting Dr. UA is there, uh...
1: With his fucking his fucking uh, SoundCloud rapper diamond drip on his head.
0: That's right. He's got a di- he's got a diamond on his forehead, just below his cheek. He has his area code. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fucking SoundCloud rapper, Doctor Yue. I I I, I kind of like that. Just, the haka ninja got my baby gonna kill him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's some flow right there.
0: <laughs> uh. T- She confronts him with his suspicions and tries to convince Hawat that their beliefs are irrational. Jessica explains that it is more logical to believe that the Harkonnens are making Hawat suspicious of her. So right on the money. Uh, But Hawat is loyal only to the Duke and he cannot eliminate his suspicions of her. She uses the voice on him. A semi-magical tone of voice that airs on Thursdays on NBC, starring (laughs) Christina Aguilera.
1: Um, it's also just the power of femininity It's not even that she's a Bene Gesserit or what, however you pronounce that It's just that she's a woman You know, when can control men like that
0: That is a fun angle <laughs> the, like, Well, the, the, Paul the, can do
1: it too So it doesn't <laughs> we can Theory's know, broken
0: the, See, That does actually apply throughout history though Because like the notion of like The, the uh, ben and Gesserit Are all like witches And witchcraft has always been like
1: the a stand-in be- for w- worries about women and their independence and interiority. Like, right, the
0: people they accused of being witches back in the day were always, like, you know, middle-aged widowers who, like, fucked around and they owned property. And people, people didn't trust them. They could tell, like, they were yeah. they were not being proper good wives.
1: Uh, typical witch behavior is sticking someone's child's hand in a black box and making them experience immense pain while holding an eel to their neck. Like, it's just witch shit. You know, uh, like-
0: God. That's why. Yeah. That's why I took the red I took the red pill. The real manosphere is understanding that (laughs) women will ruin your life and they'll take your hand in a black box.
1: They'll use the voice on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um
0: so the voice dis surprises and disturbs Hawat and makes him think that Jessica is an even more dangerous enemy. You're right. I'm starting to think she doesn't have any powers because I have had that. I have had a woman trying like winging it at me and having that same thought like oh, she she may be a dangerous enemy i don't i don't agree with this
1: but i I will say like I, i was kind of like i didn't really know if it was like actually like a power or if it was just like again her trading and being able to read people and understand how people are thinking to convince them to do what she wants them to do and it wasn't until like they're on the the thopter at the very end of the book, where I was like, okay, no, it's this fucking Jedi mind trick shit. Like, That's the
0: exact wording I was gonna use. Yeah. Yeah. Although even at that one, she's she's winging she's winging some ass at him. So.
1: Yeah, I know. There was like a time where it's like she slunked around yeah. sinuously. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, okay. the first okay. dash of horny in book one, I recall. <laughs>
0: Okay, Jessica, it's time to use all your mental training to get out of this. Hey, big boy, spread. <laughs> yes, the mother, the mother superior has taught me well. <laughs> if only I can teach my son such a thing. Um, all right. Despite her intentions to regain his trust, Jessica's depth of powers cause Hawat to be even more suspicious of her motives. She could be a powerful tool for the Harkonnens. When Jessica lets him leave her rooms, he considers killing her, but decides to leave quietly he suspects she is a traitor while also admiring her person and actions immensely. This came up in the last episode. And I like that this is in this book so much is there are a lot of instances of uh, I'm supposed to hate this person, but I kind of respect them.
1: Yeah, it does come, especially with, uh, that was the planetologist Heinz and our whole whole dinner party felt like a prolonged arc to be like, Ooh, hold up. Oh no, it wasn't even the dinner party. It was when they saved uh, the people from the worm attack
0: Right. Yeah. The whole yeah. time he's like, Oh, okay. This Duke actually gives a shit like, Oh, okay. His kid's not a moron. It's just, you know what it is? just, it's such a nuanced. It's such a nuanced relationship that really doesn't get exploited uh, explored in fiction much at all. Let alone this, which is, it's, it seems to be happening left and right. But then again, these are people who are, it's all political. There's shifting alliances and people realizing I'm going to have to be against this person, but hell of a guy.
1: No, it's just also because the the fucking style of the uh, italicized interior thoughts, mm. and th- they, I think it happens like four or five times where someone literally thinks like, "Oh, I like him," <laughs> like, "Oh, she's cool," like. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I do like that aspect of the book that it almost like uh, it. I've read a few books now where like every chapter has been a different character's perspective where they'll jump back and forth like on the same page between like four different perspectives i kind of like that
1: agreed agreed i mean a lot of it is like because it is a big political intrigue there's all like the mind games and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. I, i think it would be incredibly more dense if they didn't have it because like as I was like, telling you the other day, like, I didn't really think it, this would be one of those books that I'd read where there'd be an appendix and I'm like, okay, I gotta fucking look, what what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there was a time, like earlier, I think this might be been like the first episode you did with Duncan Idaho, um, where he, because he's a musician, and then it lists off like seven fictional instruments one after the other. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this just feels like Dr. Seuss now. It's like, shall I play the boondoggle or the zap wiggle?
0: Ooh! <laughs> I, I always feel like that is the, where That's where sci-fi can get fucked up a little bit That's that's what I kind of like in this Where there's still like, you know A guy is drunk He doesn't come in like Ooh, I had way too much of the flurkin' blurkin' tonight yeah, yeah, it was some,
1: spice beer
0: Sometimes it's just like
1: a porter or something yeah.
0: <laughs> I've had a spice beer in the last 24 hours Hell yeah as opposed to like, who sometimes you eat the bark and flill, and sometimes the bark and flill eats you. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. I, I drank him under the flicking block. Um,
1: <laughs> I suppose a right. fantasy which is pretty much obsessed with alcohol. Fantasy yeah. loves alcohol.
0: Uh, well, I'm considering doing a series on Lord of the Rings at some point, but I've been watching it again recently, and just like, man, those hobbits are just getting fucked up, just smoking and drinking and pigging out Pipe like
1: weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're really... Hobbits? um, Hedonistic. That's what I'm going with there.
1: Ooh, try again later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it didn't flow as well as I thought.
1: Maybe they all have... Wait, they have drug hobbits.
0: Ah! It's it's a
1: hard hobbit to break.
0: Dropped them like a bad hobbit. Okay. Okay. Uh, The... um, The Muad'Dib entry for the beginning of the next chapter is It is a mournful elegy that recounts a foolish and restless waste of life. Okay, sounds like every kid I went to school with who died (laughs) huffing by the crick. Sounds like
1: Afghanistan to me.
0: Whoa. Man, I've been having a lot of thoughts on just how much I don't care about the troops lately. Anyway, late that night, (laughs) late that night Duke Leto is uh, pondering a strange note he received. Leto hurries to wake in Jessica and make amends for making her think that he uh, you know, suspected her but walking down a hallway, he hears a strange mewling noise. Tracking it he discovers the smuggler, Tuek has been stabbed to death on the floor
1: Hey, and, fucking all smugglers are bastards, ASAP
0: <laughs> You know what's funny, my last guess actually said something about how Tuek was one of his favorite characters and now I think he was fucking with me unless he's not actually dead like Maybe this is one of those scenarios where he's like a Boba Fett where like he's only on screen for five minutes and yet everybody fucking loves him for no reason.
1: I think like that is like the best sci-fi profession is being a smuggler, you know, like Mm. because like especially because it seems like the guild is like really fucking powerful and like they have like their fingers and everything and they're secretive and freaky. So if you're able to like smuggle shit beyond them, Mm. that's pretty sick. Like I would like to actually know.
0: Smugglers, bounty hunters, warlords, Jabba's—like these are these are the in-demand these are the in-demand careers in science fiction.
1: God, just taking one of those like uh, career aptitude tests. Like, yeah, it seems like (laughs) you'd be best for a (laughs) Jabba.
0: Do you prefer the smell of spice beer or the taste of a frog from your bowl throne? (laughs) Mark A or B. Uh, the Atreides housekeeper sh- Shout out I just want to say shout out like shout out Mapes
1: has yeah. been also also murked
0: mm-hmm. murked uh stabbed and is taking her last breath as she tries to tell Leto who the traitor is. She dies and Leto is struck in the arm by a poisoned dart. As his body is overcome by paralysis, Duke turns over and sees that bah, 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 Dr. Yua is the traitor. Hey yo, son! I gotta put you down. Yua uh, has turned off the house generators, leaving the Atreides household unprotected from a Harkonnen attack. Because I attack at doc. Yua reveals that he has betrayed the Duke so he can kill the Baron Harkonnen, taking vengeance for House Harkonnen kidnapping and probably murdering his wife. The Suck Doctor places a false tooth with poisonous gas in Leto's mouth, instructing. Remember
1: the, the du- tooth. Remember, Remember the, the tooth. tooth. <laughs>
0: As somebody
1: I was out about that, I thought that was such a funny line to keep repeating. Like it makes sense, but just like, remi- don't don't forget the tooth. Mm-hmm. Never forget.
0: I mean, that is kind of what you need to do with somebody who just drugged you, though. Somebody you just drugged. Like you can't just be like, "All right, buddy, here's the plan." And he's be like, "Hey, remember the tooth? Remember the tooth? You piece of shit." Right. Yeah. As as somebody who has a false tooth or two, I I kept trying to think like how you would bite down. Like, what tooth is it? Do they explain? Is it, like...
1: No, and, like, it's too fair. Like, in my head, I just imagine, like, the front-left one, for some reason, that was just the tooth I thought it'd be. Mm. But, like, even then biting on a specific tooth, like...
0: Yeah, how? Like, uh... I, I understand when you see the old cartoons with, like, a cyanide capsule, and it's, like, a fake tooth. You, like, flick open the top with your, uh, you know, tongue. Yeah. And then get out the cyanide. I don't I know mean...
1: Yeah, um, it seems like this thing had to be, like, shattered open to release the gas. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I thought a lot about that as a specific thing. And that's, like, such a specific part of the plan, too. Like, oh, it's going to be indistinguishable from your actual teeth. They're not going to catch it on the poison snoopers or whatever.
0: Yeah, like, how how much poison is in this? That Like, how close can you get? I don't know. It annoys me. He just needs to be, like, in the general vicinity, and I guess everyone will die.
1: Oh, but like, we know what happens in that regard,
0: though. <laughs> but... Yeah. So, Yua feels badly that he's betrayed the Duke, so he tells the Duke to bite down on the tooth when he is brought before Baron Harkonnen. This way, Yua can kill the Baron and avenge his wife's death. However, Yua still feels some guilt for killing the Duke, so he has arranged for Paul and Jessica to escape safely. He takes Leto's Ducal ring, or Ducal ring, to give to Paul as a sign of his true intentions for Jessica and Paul to be spared that is a bummer if somebody just comes to in the night it's like all right listen bad news you're going to die good news it's like wait i didn't ask for any of this like i said good news you get to
1: kill your enemy (laughs) like
0: what else could you ask for your kid lives your enemy's dead you know
1: nothing personal kid
0: (laughs) nothing personal i just need to take your life
1: yeah i think he actually says something i think he says nothing personal which is awesome if only they knew how much of, like, an anime trope that would be today.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that always pissed me off in, like, mob movies. It was always like, hey, nothing personal that I made sure your kid's gonna grow up without a father. It's only business.
1: <laughs>
0: like, you dumb wops. Just go get a job at the dock. You're all... You look into some of that stuff And a lot of these old mobsters It really is like a pyramid scheme Like there's one guy at the top with millions And everybody else It's like you could have gotten a fucking associates degree And made well, as much money you asshole
1: It's actually a good It really is like an MLM Because like a lot of the money you make in the mob Is just having a bunch of people in your downline Who just mm-hmm. kick up to you
0: Okay so you and I were uh, At the South House last night Where uh, the Is it Manic Comedy that's the name of it right
1: uh, yeah, the branding is pretty, uh, indecipherable because okay, mostly well, it's just the, the open mic that's advertised to Yukio cards on Instagram. No. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, um, right outside that, that establishment is, uh, the apartment me and Neil Wood both lived in when we first moved to Philadelphia. So we were there when South House first opened. And because it's like South Philly, we were friends with a bartender, but like, there were, like, old-school Italians dropping in all the time and just telling, like, egregious mob bullshit stories.
1: Oh, those like, are the best. I right, imitate th- yeah. this one
0: dude who came and was like, hey, let me get a beer. Hey, this is a good beer. Hey, get, uh, don't worry. You're, you'll be protected by the native. <laughs> You're under the black umbrella now. And it's, like, some fat, like, 26-year-old, like, fucking idiot. I'm no, going to they- get killed. But okay.
1: there's, there's a guy like i'm in north valley but there's this dude who shows up at the poppy store and he gets drunk and starts demanding like extra treatment and he keeps repeating he's like do you know who i am do you know who i am i'm five star i'm five star and he'll just shout that as he like leaves the room oh god <laughs> and he's my neighbor he lives in the house right there behind this wall
0: <laughs> be be careful you better get five star out your mouth you, you might might get a hurting on you
1: no, I'm joking. It's actually not behind that wall. I'm in Orlando, the city of giants.
0: That's right. Yes. Uh, I don't know what that's from, but that's okay. Dark um, Souls. Oh, okay. Again, I am so fucking far behind on my books. I'm reading these books that everybody else read in their twenties because none of my friends read. So it's like just me alone on a little literary island.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Sometimes. A better sh- name for
1: the podcast: Literary Island.
0: I don't know what the fuck this podcast is gonna be anymore. I'm am I'm taking it one project at a time. Uh, also, th- I did
1: I did murder my personal gods before I came on. It's okay, they're dead. They're bleeding Thank out you. the
0: backyard. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, that's my bad housekeeping on my parts. Everybody needs to murder their deities of choice before they appear on this podcast. Uh, rest in peace, Dionysus and Hera and uh, Yahweh. So,
1: oh, okay, that's a nice spread.
0: We started with a big one. You got you got to you got to have your headliner in there. <laughs> okay. Sometime shortly thereafter, Jessica and Paul are kidnapped by the Harkonnens in the middle of the night. The Harkonnen guards fly them into the deserts, uh supposedly to kill them. Jessica seduces the two guards and they fight over her until one guard kills the other. So poor poor Paul is here watching his mother like really wing it at these guys and they're already they're very gross already because they're you know looking in the back like we're supposed to go leave them in the desert for the worms, but, I mean, she's kind of a looker. Yeah, a but I got a, a worm waste.
1: right here. I got a worm right oh. here. <laughs> so Uh-oh. Worm sign in my pants. <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In my pants. <laughs> Might not be sandy, but it's a little bit salty. How yeah, you do. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: and somewhere in that scene, too, Paul, like, I... I The amount of things Paul is trained in just, like, kind of, like, makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, he's the fucking gifted uh, magical boy, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they do describe that time where he hits, like, a fucking pressure point kick on one of the guards where he's, like push out of the plane he's like haha, no and like kicks him like right in the liver <laughs>
0: mm. which again it sounds like ooh, benedict training or did he just kick a guy in the balls you know ooh, he also
1: has like fucking ninja-ish powers too and it's unclear whether or not it was a setup it's just like earlier when he just like grabs the hunter seeker like in midair
0: true like, true okay so we do have a little bit of precedent of him having a little bit of like matrix shit here
1: yeah <laughs> I, I don't know how fast that thing is. Again, like, I, I can't judge the speed of a hunter-seeker, but... I, I, I
0: do still think the hunter-seeker was, like, a pawn. Like, they were supposed to find that, I think.
1: I think so, too. But, like, you know what I mean? It's still a test. It's like, they still put the fucking poison needle to his neck knowing that he was, like, not going to mm-hmm. die.
0: The gom jabber, which I still remember because it was one of the first things of like oh they're gonna throw all these words at me with no fucking context okay yeah
1: also gom jabber sounds like a, a type of like edm they play in like northern europe
0: he, he sounds like a local British punk legend who uh you know was fucking huffing paint in the early seventies <laughs> and he doesn't know who he is anymore, but man that guy was a legend oh uh, he
1: was gom and now, <laughs> and now
0: he now he lives in his mom's shed and likes cats. Uh, so yeah, Paul is secretly awake, trying to calm his despair and work out an escape plan for him and Jessica. The pair are flown into the desert by two hearkening gods. Gods? Guards. Um, at kill U- your guards. Kill okay, your sorry. guards, Paka. At a suggestion, Baron has ordered the mother and son to be killed there so that their bodies will be disposed of by the worms. So There's also a whole thing here where, like, the Baron wanted... He needs them to be, like, destroyed because he's doing all this but like the, the the populace cannot know that like the emperor was involved in all of this so there needs to be a little bit of like mystery. possible
1: deniability yeah i and that was also a pretty big uh like moment i guess in terms of like understanding the story because i really didn't think that much about like the emperor and the actual like imperial planetary government or whatever. Because it's mm-hmm. not mentioned that much. It's mentioned a bit when they arrive at Arrakis and like, oh yeah, no, they ordained that we take over this place now. Mm-hmm. And there's a brief mention of like Chom too, who we haven't really fucked with that much in the first book.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird scenario where like, it seems like the emperor, everybody likes the Duke, but like they agree he needs to go. So it's like, okay, yeah, you 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 have my tacit approval. It's It's like Cambodia. Nixon said like, hey, don't do that. Do it. And people just went along with it. Uh, Paul, who is not gagged like Jessica, is able to use his limited power of the voice to persuade the guards to remove his mother's gag. The one guard is deaf and cannot be controlled by the voice, but Jessica convinces the hearing guard to fight him. One of the guards is killed. Jessica distracts the remaining one long enough for Paul to attack him with a liver kick. Uh, raising the ornithopter that brought them into the desert Paul and Jessica discover a bundle Hidden by Yua that contains Still suits, food, and Leto's Ducal ring. Suddenly another ornithopter Appears in the distance flying toward them Paul and Jessica flee the scene So I was a little confused But when I first saw the, uh, the deaf guard, I thought like, oh they Specifically put him so they can't use the voice But they they dispose of him Too, don't they? It's kind of hard to Put together here
1: yeah, well, it's like, it's one of those things where it feels like they were being careful, but then they just gave up being careful. Like, oh, really? like, here's a, we're going to encounter your ability with this death guard, but we're going to leave another guard in there. Also, we're going to leave the magical boy ungagged. Mm-hmm. But that also all being said, though, like, UA was still pulling some strings before, you know, his mission was completed. So, like, I was thinking, like, at the end of the day, like, he maybe had something to do with it. He was already fucking, like, he already, like, Drew his fucking tag. Um his like fucking, you know, he already wrote his uh SoundCloud handle on the roof of the doctor. <laughs> like all right.
0: Um, next chapter. The epigraph from Princess Urgulin's text, Collected Sayings of the Muad'Dib, relates a parable known as the attitude of the knife, cutting off what is incomplete in order to make it complete. So, you know, whittling basically. Uh the narrative cutbacks in time briefly. Doctor, you okay? Yeah, we get that whole thing again with the tooth. Um, the next one: Introduction to a Child's History of Moondive. It tells the legend of that when Luke, Duke Leto was killed, a meteor was sighted in the skies above his ancestral palace on planet Caladan. Ooh.
1: I, I, I this is, I care for this one the least. I thought this was the dumbest one. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh, he was. A meteor he was a good guy that the gods cared about. I don't know <laughs> like,
0: yeah, there always has to be some kind of like nature notice. Oh, so you want to talk some shit. um I remember being when I was little, my mom told me such a bald faced Christian lie, which was uh if you notice every year on good friday the the day Jesus was killed around three o'clock in the afternoon, it always gets cloudy because God is sad. And then that lucky bitch—it just happened to be like five years in a row, like fucking gray skies. God's God's in a mood.
1: Well, at th- that point, because like, that canonizes the idea that cloudy days are well, a that that implies that God has moods. Yeah. Um, when God shouldn't have moods. Uh, he should
0: and be eternal and steady, but he's not. He's a very angry man.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's some like that's some pagan god behavior. And honestly, I fuck with that. I fuck with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like gods that are inconsistent. You know, that beef. My god's gotta have beef.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for Pagan. I killed, I killed them. I killed them. That's right. I, I just... Well, that's a good thing with Pagan gods is you always have more.
1: Yeah, you can always make more. I'm also still here. I just had to charge some things.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no. I can see. That's fine. Although it is funny. You do disappear as you move away from the background, just being absorbed into the giant world.
1: Yeah, no, it's okay. I just killed Ornn, Steven, Smo, And if you play Dark Souls, you'll know who those are.
0: All right. I don't and game. I won't. <laughs> um, in Arrakeen, Baron Harkonnen looks over the city as it is overpowered by his troops. Explosives set off by his soldiers destroy the rest of Duke Leto's army. So he's yeah, like, he's
1: using old-fashioned like artillery. And exactly. he even like, thinks about that, which... I just they're think that's like, pretty funny. Ooh. Like, remember those? Remember artillery?
0: <laughs> they have las guns and gum jabbers, and meanwhile, like, they're just fucking like throwing hand grenades at each other, and that's how the place is actually won over. So,
1: well, like to be fair, like the uh, the weaponry of the world was a thing that's actually that's a lot of the stuff I did look up in the um, index
0: because
1: mm. they don't really explain shields all that well. They, 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 they talk about, like, how they work, and there's the scene early when Paul is, like, sparring, and they talk about, uh-huh. like, oh, it hits the shield and bounces off. and this I, just picture,
0: I, just, I just picture, like, a personal bubble.
1: I, I honestly imagine the fucking like- shields they have in, like, Halo or whatever, just, like, the vroom, 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 and it just, like, goes around their body, a little, like, electricity mm. thing.
0: I'm thinking more like Steven Universe, like, just a literal bubble. He has hamburgers in there, all sorts of shit. Which... Harkonnen, I'll tell you one thing I'm realizing as I do more sci fi fantasy fat people are evil. And Harkonnen yeah. is presented as a little chubby buddy. Uh, oh, no,
1: my God. Like, I, the most, uh, all the Harkonnen's were introduced. Like, the first ones are like so hilariously evil that mm-hmm. I love it. Cause there's like not only the Baron, but there's his hat, Peter. Yep. He's just like an insane sicko. He's just like, yes, murder. Just, he also
0: seems a little dumb. Cause, uh,
1: well, oh, he, he, he a, he's a, a addicted to whatever drugs.: That's right. like yes. spice and a bunch of other shit. Like he's a, you know he's supposed to show you like how far down you can go..
0: Mm. Yeah. So uh, the baron reflects on the award of re- the reward of arrakis that he has promised Peter for helping him defeat the Atreides. He's secretly planning to only leave Peter in charge of Arrakis for a short time before replacing, replacing him with his own nephew, Fade Ratha. Uh, they call in Dr. Yua to present himself, although the Baron has promised to reunite Yua with his kidnapped wife. It's it's exactly, it's it's the action movie thing, like, you said you'd reunite me with my wife, like, I did. Bam, shoot I me.
1: know, I thought that was so funny, that took me, I thought that was so funny, I was geeking out at that. Just like, yes, you'll meet her soon. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god, no, I, I, I shrieked when I read that. I was like, oh no, <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: Uh, The Baron states that their bargain was for Ewa to betray House Atreides in exchange for the Baron freeing his wife, etc. So uh, the soldiers bring the defeated Duke Leto before the Baron, now conscious, he gains some hope when he hears that Jessica and Paul have escaped their captors. I
1: also, wait, to be fair, another a detail I like is that they did have to wait for him to sober up over like an hour. Oh, it yeah. Like, it's like, is but, he awake yet? No, nah, no, nah, he still doesn't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> like, he tries to pull the same shit too. Like, ah, so my great adversary, Duke Leto, how would you like to see your... He's not looking at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much did you...
1: Yeah, t- no, they have a little
0: conversation. I'm trying to lord my victory over you. It's like, like uh, to, he pissed himself. Okay.
1: <laughs> I like to think that that was like an intentional just like U.S. thing where it's just like, ah, i want to fuck with the Baron a little bit more. <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: Uh, the Baron demands that the Duke reveal where they've fled, which Leto does not know. And they keep doing this back and forth like they're Give going me the codes.
1: To... Give me the codes. Yep. <laughs> like...
0: And Peter's like, he's a Peter here doesn't have his torture kit, but I'm sure he can improvise. And Leto's like, I I don't know. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I, this is such a funny scene to be honest. Like, it sucks that the Duke died, but like, it was in one of the fucking chapter inscriptions It said that he did, and also like, of course he's dying.
0: Yeah, like, they, they say that right away. If you if you have space Jesus, space Joseph is not living long. You know. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I, I just,
0: I uh, from what I understand in the Dune series, uh, some of them are prequels, which gets more into the Duke's life. So he he gets his story, but this isn't his story. This is Paul's. Uh, uh, so the Baron leans down to the Duke to gloat over his defeat and threaten torture. And Leto remembers to bite down on the false tooth implanted by Yua The Duke he remembered the tooth, he did. He
1: remembered the tooth, yeah. it worked.
0: Doctor, you don't remember the tooth though when I come around, uh, <laughs> sacrificing his life to kill the Baron. Unfortunately, he the Baron literally is just breathing out, and just by the fact that he's exhaling. He immediately, like, he sees Peter go, like, cough, and he's like, oh, fuck, hits the shield. Uh, Peter and everybody else in the room dies, but Harkonnen managed to escape. A Sardaukar guard demands that Baron show him. Oh, yeah, so a guard shows up. These were one of those guys. It's uh, one of the soldiers of the Emperor, but they've had to hide and be Harkonnens because they can't. The people can't know that the Emperor sanctioned all this but he's like, I need to see the body. I report to the emperor. That's what I need to see. The Baron is actually, it's funny. He's actually having a bit of like an embarrassing dinner party. Like, oh man, he's going to see all my guys dead and he's going to know I'm weak and I fucked up kind of. Oh no,
1: so embarrassing. (laughs) We didn't check his teeth.
0: Well, boy, are my jowls red, (laughs) but-
1: We forgot the teeth, oh no.
0: (laughs) We checked the anus like eight times, I swear.
1: Peter is definitely into that. Oh, yeah. Peter is a bisexual icon for sure.
0: (laughs) I I feel like any torture artist is going to work their way to the butthole eventually. All right. The epigraph, uh, (laughs) much like a long relationship, you're always going to end up around the butthole. (laughs) From the songs of Muad'Dib, there is a lament for the fallen Duke and his legacy. So fleeing from the ornithopter, Paul and Jessica are caught quickly. Uh, They turn to face the ship, prepared to face and troops, and Paul is consumed by anger. However, he recognizes the Ornithopter is piloted by Duncan, uh, Duncan, Idaho, an assumption he makes quickly from the subtle clues in the flying technique of the Ornithopter. He reaches the conclusion that Idaho chasing them much faster than his mother, who only recognizes the swordsman when he leans out of the landed ship to urge them to hurry, a sandworm is approaching. They all jump on, and Idaho conceals Paul and Jessica in a ring of desert rocks. Idaho escaped the Harkonnen attack with you as aid, and the doctor directed him to help Jessica and Paul. Jessica and Paul wait in a still tent, a temporary shelter, while Idaho leaves to help other Atreides survivors. Paul feels cowardly hiding in the desert while others fight for his house, but he acknowledges it is the wisest action. Yeah, but that's, just, when
1: it, that's what his powers kick in, too, right afterwards. But,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, Paul and Jessica are able to read the message that you left for them alongside Leto's Ducal ring and their bundle of supplies. The Suck Doctor has arranged the escape of house, key House Atreides members even as he betrayed Duke Leto. So playing all sides, his main thing was always his wife, who, you know, uh, he, I guess he figured, like, well, best case scenario, I'm reunited with my wife, but she's probably dead, in which case I'll at least get revenge. But he fucks up even that. He should have put two poisonous teeth in there. He wasn't thinking.
1: Yeah, no he, he should have put some poison in that duke's ass
0: yeah exactly yes because then they would have all calmed down and then his bowels would have loosened and then boom you got an extra poop poison gas
1: yeah double
0: tap all right yeah <laughs> uh he writes that by the time they read this message the duke will be dead but they can take some comfort in the knowledge that the baron will also be killed paul and jessica realized that the doctor hated the bet bar- we already talked about this in the time of this time of terrifying change, Paul feels a heightened intelligence and awareness of the events occurring around him. He gets all autistic. Uh, he finds just like his...
1: literally like long division problems like bl- like blink across his head. Yeah, beautiful. He starts mind. counting cards. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's what I imagine when I think like alt his autistic thinking, just like <laughs> math equations and the number of toothpicks. And then there goes a Magic <laughs> the Gathering card and uh, My Little Pony.
1: Um, uh, a few years ago, I think that's all but disappeared now.
0: I I can't keep track of these things. Did, I have a I have a joke about Drake in my act where I flat out say like I agree this joke would have been better in 2013. I didn't know then. I'm gonna have man. I am gonna have such great fucking uh, trippy red jokes in 2032. That's all. Oh, I can't say.
1: wait. <laughs> I'll set. I'll mark it on my calendar. <laughs>
0: Uh, he finds he's able to process information more quickly than Jessica, becoming surprised by how her slow and even poor understanding of their situation. Paul is able is unable to stop the inflow of information. He's like overstimulated here. He yeah, has met...
1: he needs a fidget spinner.
0: He does. I just saw a fidget spinner for the first time in like a year today. Those are fun. Yeah,
1: I was talking to him the other day. I got mine when I was on clearance at a Food Lion in Charlottesville for like three dollars.
0: God, I always, I always love those fucking novelty things like the tamagotchi. The you never know what people are gonna have next.
1: Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> uh,
0: the newfound power feels like a cold precision in his mind, reflected outwardly in a new cold and steel command that Jessica recognizes in her son's voice and attitude. Paul is suffused with this sense of terrible purpose that he has visited him since his re- meeting with the Reverend Mother. <clears throat> Jessica hopes that Idaho can connect with Kynes who might provide sanctuary for the two. She also wants to join with any of the household who have escaped the attack. Paul overrides her desires stating that mother and son must depend on themselves and that their first priority is securing the Atreides' atomic weapons. Again, out of fucking nowhere. They have an A-bomb. Okay.
1: No, they mentioned it very briefly earlier because like, I think the Baron was thinking like, oh yeah, we can't nuke this place because they'll leave like radioactive residue and they'll know we did it. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, it's a, actually, it's just a quick thing. One thing the things I really do like about the Jude universe, though, is it does seem like there's a lot of things of, like, our world that do seem to kind of slowly bleed in. Like, not only, like, the Bible that yeah. Paul has, but, like, a lot of the plants they mentioned, like, they talk about, like, they were talking about the still suits, and they rub, like, creosote, like, sap on their hands, which is, like, a plant that mm-hmm. we can find here. They have, like, the date trees and like, the palace and stuff like that.
0: I hadn't realized that the the oil things that they used was an actual, like, human thing. Yeah. I guess it's almost, like, kind of hinted that, like, maybe humanity has, like, a weird, like... Oh, wait, isn't that the thing? I think there is something where, like, all the different houses are, like, different uh, evolutions of men. Who like set off from Earth at a different time? Maybe I read. I might have read a blip about that somewhere. No,
1: because they did like reference that there was like a big uh, like era of like human advancement that like was stopped because it ended up being bad. Like that's why MinTats are things because they had the thinking machines they talked about that were like too powerful and were used in the wrong way. So they have to mm-hmm. find a way to make to literally genetically breed like organic um computers essentially that's like what Mintats are and they even talk there's like a one offline uh where Jessica mentions like oh I need to check out the breeding matrix to find out what Paul really is so like mm-hmm. the idea that like all technology really seems at this point in human evolution just to be like a long long project of like deliberate uh-huh. uh you know like breeding and like making like genetic modifications and shit like that
0: it almost feels like Like, our Earth has died, but, like, Jeff Bezos and his crew got off the planet, and Bill Gates and his crew, and Oprah and their crew, and they all founded these, like, great houses. And now they're all getting high in space.
1: As one should.
0: As you should. What else is there to do in space? Major Tom had it right. Yeah. Uh, Paul has also realized that it's unlikely any of their household will escape the Harkonnens, since they clearly have the Emperor's support. Paul uses advanced reasoning to grasp that the Freemen are paying the Guild to program their surveillance satellites to ignore Freeman activities on Arrakis. There are unknown depths to Freeman culture that the young Atreides wants to explore. Meanwhile, Jessica thinks of her lost Duke and his unborn daughter that she carries. Yeah, I, they only mention this now—that like, but also she's pregnant with like another but sire they, of the Duke.
1: They mentioned that before because she like drops it when she's about to talk to Hawat. I remember mm. she's like, should I should I freak him out and tell him about the Duke's daughter? No, right. I'm going to keep this card on play. I'm going to keep this face down.
0: Right. And then I mean, Paul just calls it too. When Paul's that's right, like yeah. He's just up. like, by the way, I know you got, you got a girl. You got a girl in your puss.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I can smell it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I have so much. Mother, I have so much knowledge of your menstrual cycle right now. It's really uncomfortable. I know all. Uh, Paul and Jessica receive news of the Harkonnen victory in Arakeen over the radio. They also learn that Sardaukar sh- soldiers in Atreides' uniform have sacked the guild bank. Paul realizes that the emperor and Harkonnen are leaving nothing to chance by turning the guild against the house Atreides. So yeah, they're even making it li- like not only were they so bad we had to get rid of them, their survivors took over the bank. So now like the bank's going to be against the Atreides too, making them uh- all... Basically, we're, we're witnessing Space 9-11, and uh, they're making House Atreides look like the Saddam Hussein family. No,
1: this is more like Space Benghazi.
0: Space Benghazi. Even better.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Jessica learns from Paul that Duke Leto never... Yeah, so he does the whole, like, by the way, Dad never suspected you. He told me to say that if he died, and he died, so I'm telling you now. Also, wow, the information right now. Uh, Paul also reveals his father regretted never marrying Jessica. Aww. Sam, if you wake up and somebody's put poison tooth in your mouth and you need to kill somebody and then yourself, what's your one big regret?
1: Uh, uh, I think uh, it's mostly just like that's got to be a shitty way to die with the poison tooth. Like I think I would regret more or less that process of dying via poison tooth. Mm. I like the way I honestly, like the uh, only way I want to die via my own volition is driving my car really fast into a municipal building. That's, Hell yeah! I was like, ah, God damn it! I could have fucking wrecked City Hall. Like, why do I have to do this?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm,
1: the message I would relay to any of my progeny would just be like, "Tell the mayor I wanted to kill him."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whew, God, you're trying to use a suicide vehicle on City Hall. That's it's an interesting method. I like it.
1: Yeah. Oh, straight up. That's what I want to do.
0: Uh, all right. His mind is is spinning as he experiences foresight, seeing visions of thousands of possible futures stretching in all directions. It's a little like Dr. Manhattan. There's just like so much happening and he can see all now. Paul grasps onto the idea that this foresight may be the key talent that the guild navigators rely on to undertake interstellar travel. Kind of a leap, but all right. Uh, Paul also realizes that there is increased spice in the air and the food he has been eating. This mind-altering substance must have augmented his already impressive cognitive powers, pushing his mind into a new state of awareness. He relates future events to Jessica, claiming that she will give birth to a daughter. His gift of foresight is strong, as Jessica has not revealed this to anyone yet. And now, the big reveal that Paul knows all, the terrible truth that he and Jessica are, in fact, Harkonnens, and the Baron is Jessica's father, his identity purposely withheld from her by the Bene Gesserit. Who would be the most, doesn't need to be anybody famous, but you suddenly found out that somebody is your real father. Who's the big shocker?
1: Uh, Mike Tyson.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I could see the resemblance. I could see the resemblance.
1: <laughs> These fists though.
0: <laughs> this is punchy and silence. They do, yeah. they do my dirty work. Um. Throughout Paul's visions of possible futures, he sees many paths in which the Freeman give he and Jessica sanctuary. He also predicts that the Freeman will call him Wadib, meaning the one who points the way. So he has his own like, oh, also I'm going to be God moment.
1: Yeah, uh, he knew it. He knew it. I mean, like the, the, the previous chapter, they were like, oh, look, it's the savior. And he's like, that's pretty funny. They were calling me something that means savior when we were like riding around.
0: Mom, that's <laughs> weird. Why are they saying that?
1: That's a little odd.
0: <laughs> Mom, what's a madi? Yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this in the new movie just cuz I'm a, I'm a fan of Timothy Chalamet, but I don't think I've seen him get excited in any movie he's been in at any point. I mean, the movie Lady Bird, he has a sex scene and he looks pretty bored the entire time. So.
1: No, yeah, honestly, uh, it, this is a uh... It's kind of nice to like, I guess through you know, your podcast to you get to be reading this, but also have the added bonus of like it tying in with a media property.
0: All right, well, that's the way I timed it out. Like hopefully the last episode of this will be dropping like just as it's dropping in the US and it has like- Hell yeah. It has a super weird release schedule. It's actually already out in like most European countries. We're just getting it like a month and a half later for no reason.
1: Hey, there you go. Freedom ain't free.
0: Yeah, save the best for last. That's the cost of freedom. All right. Well, those are our notes, and that is uh, the finish of book one. So, oh yeah, Sam, do you think you're going to continue finishing the book now?
1: Of course I will. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I really like. I, I was pretty late to reading this. I think I read this mostly in a week. The book one, um, so I, I'm, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. It's been a while since I've been reading sci-fi, and like also like, I, I like big universes really and it's kind of hard for me to pull the trigger to like wade into them but i'm already in it so like i'm excited to see what else is going to happen even though like half of everything that's going to happen was i i believe paul is like the, the nuclear magical boy that he says mm-hmm. he is or feels that he is and he's like oh this is all going to happen i'm like okay i mean i get we get to see how like not getting right. not going to get into any of those conversations about spoilers because i think the idea of spoilers is pretty dumb for the most part but
0: yeah. yeah now, I'm, 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 I'm I'm liking the journey right now. You're actually not the only one. Uh when he saw I was doing this, another comedian, Casey Kuftik messaged me, like, I've been meaning to read this fucking book for years. If I get it, can I be on the show? And I said yes. Yeah. So he's gonna be on next week and Hell yeah. All right, sick. <laughs> Woo! I'm slowly getting the Philly comedy scene to read. Yeah, I <laughs>
1: know. I appreciate that. This is nice. I, I honestly like this is the first time I've sat down and, like, read a book in a while, and it's just because I was beholden to someone else to do it. But I enjoy reading. Like, I've read so much my life. It's just, like, I've been such a stasis, I guess. I also started recently, too. I've been sober for, like, a couple weeks now. So, like, sure. it's nice to pick up new habits in lieu of the old ones
0: instead you get to read about better drugs that you can never I know.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> now, goddamn... why am
0: I why am I even going to get drunk if I'll never get to get spice beer drunk?
1: Yeah, I want to try the spice challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll take a, I'll, I'll, I'll take a spicy wide. That's a, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a spice beer and I, I I don't know. I'm not feeling clever enough. This room is I'm in is too hot. I should have had the air conditioner on. But anyway, yeah, it's quite
1: so... bright over there. It's dark in my
0: room it's all my it's, lights on it's gray as fuck here but uh anyway so yeah that's our show uh sam anything you have to promote where can we find you on social media
1: all right so find me on instagram at samantha i Amantha. that's where i post all my show dates and everything like that uh also if you're ever looking to go to bed and you need some soft tunes or you're studying look up my soundcloud it's sky neighbor uh I know I was making SoundCloud jokes, but it's very nice, relaxing music and I'm proud of it. And I should have an album out soon. Another, oh, nice. a third album, but distribution's Sky. hard. Yeah. Sky, Sky Neighbor.
0: Sky Neighbor is a great name. I like that.
1: Yeah, you know that bit where like someone says something and like, oh damn, bad name. That sounds like a mm-hmm. bad name. Uh, I did that bit so much and that I was like, the last time I make that joke before I have enough music to release, that's just the name I'm gonna pick. And it ended up being Sky Neighbor. <laughs>
0: Nice, that's a good one. All right, well, so yeah, so check her out on all those things again. That is Samantha Paget, not with an hey, R. Hey, yes. Hell yeah, that still sounds a little Dickensian. That that works out. It still so does. Yeah, it's it's a little more Great Expectations and a little less Christmas Story. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Well, Sam, thank you for doing this. Thank and you so much, uh, Jesse. This is fun. Hell yeah! All right, and we'll see y'all next week for book two of Dune. Later, y'all.